Savor 2011, coverage by Craft Beer Radio, from Saturday, June 4th. Educational Salon, craftbeer.com beer and food pairing challenge with Julia Hertz from the Brewers Association, Matt Bean from Men's Health and Spike TV, Lauren Buzeo from Wine Enthusiast, Bill Kobaleski from Victory Brewing Company, and Adam Dulay, executive chef at Monk's Kettle in San Francisco. I'm Tom McCormick. I'm your host for tonight, and I'm here on behalf of the Brewers Association. The Brewers Association is the nonprofit trade association representing the over 1,700 independently owned craft breweries all across the United States. Yeah. And that number just keeps on growing. We have about 600 breweries in planning right now most of which will probably be open in about the next 12 to 16, 18 months or so. So that number just keeps on growing. The Brewers Association puts on this great event here tonight, Saver and the Salons as well, of course. They also put on a um, little beer festival in Denver every year that you might have heard about. It's called the Great American Beer Festival. Yeah, sounds familiar. It's actually the biggest ticketed beer festival in the country, and that's held every fall. It's in late September this year, again in Denver, Colorado, and for information on that and information on anything craft beer, go to craftbeer.com. That's the website hosted by the Brewers Association, and it's a great website. It has beer styles, beer and food pairings, and everything you need to know about craft beer. Again, that's craftbeer.com. Also need to thank uh, our sponsors tonight really quick because they help make this big event possible. The first sponsor is you for coming. So thank you very much. Also, I'd like to thank the Ray's Beverage Group, Brewery Omegang, Dogfish Head Craft Brewery, Samuel Adams, craftbeer.com, Allagash Brewing Company, Brooklyn Brewery, Flying Dog Ales, Full Sail Brewing Company, New Belgium, Rogue Ales, um, Samuel Adams, Sierra Nevada, Victory Brewing Company, Crosby and Baker, Draft Magazine, GreatBrewers.com, and Oak Beverages. So thanks to all those for being our sponsors tonight. All right, well, I'm going to turn it over to our host tonight uh, of this grand challenge event, Julia Hertz, who is with the Brewers Association. And I'm going to turn it over to her to introduce the challengers tonight and take it away. All right. Thank you, Tom. Woo! All right, guys. First of all, let's make everyone out there wish they were in here. One, two, three. Yeah! Oh, you guys are going to be good. This is going to be a good hour together. Um, my name is Julia Hers. I have orchestrated this hour for you. Any feedback, let me know. We've done this type of a uh, competition, we should say, seven times. Big Beers, Belgians, and Barley Wines Festival, amazing little festival out of Vail, Colorado, more than 10 years old. We've done it. Laura Lodge in the back of the room has given her time to help get you served here tonight. And we've refined this process. And Tom McCormick, um, Small Brewers Association out of California, is also... Uh, 
um, volunteering, and um, I, I just really think that something in this craft beer community um, beyond us as the beer lovers is uh, would be amiss without the brewers and the volunteers and that community spirit. So I love being a part of it, working for the Brewers Association, and uh, what we've got here is a little friendly competition, even though we have such a nice community. And uh, we're going to introduce these guys, but I want to make sure you guys are all set on the job I'm asking you to do. We've also got a little commotion going on in the room, because right now they're going to start serving. We're tasting four beers tonight and one food pairing, okay? So hold on to your hats. Um, I want to get a sense of who's in the room, who are my judges that I've asked, and that you guys have actually spent hard-earned money to sit here and judge these fine contenders. So raise your hand. Anybody homebrewing in the room? Sweet. All right, good. I'd say about a quarter of the room, right? Didn't mean to put my back on you. And um, how about uh, wine lovers? Any wine lovers? Yeah. No boo hiss. No boo hiss. On the wine lover side, keep your hand up if you love wine. Everybody see me speak. I do this concept. I think it's an important one. Raise your right hand if you like uh, beer. See, I'm testing you all already. Okay. Now, don't, no worries. No worries. Now, cross your hands if you drink spirits. You all should be proud. You've added yourselves. You're out of the closet. You are proud cross drinkers. We have added thousands of cross drinkers, people. And that's... Yes. Maybe. And that's what craft beer is all about, right? It's all about inclusion, different beverage, different occasions. And craft beer tonight, these four are trying to say, these contenders are trying to tell you that my craft beer choice is the best one with the food choice. And what you're going to see um, when the food is served, we're going to serve a first beer, and they are going to be tasted in the order of the contenders here. Um, and we have a vegetarian version of the Devils on Horseback. Anyone try that in, uh, in the hall tonight? Oh, man, it's caramelly, goat cheese. It's beautiful. It's rich. But if you're a vegetarian, I need a head count. We'll give you a version without the bacon. Raise your hand right now. Any veggies? I love it. See? We're trying to account for all types. Cross drinkers. Okay, raise it high. I got one veggie, two veggie, three veggie, four, five veggie, six veggie, seven veggie, more. Okay, so we got, so when you see, we got, we got, Six, I think, is what I had. So when you see the veggie, bring six plates out, please. And you raise her, your hand, and you're going to get it handed to you. That's what's going to be served first for the food. Then the regular devils on horseback will be served, okay? All right. Say what? Second, I can't hear you. Getting heckled by the crowd already. All right, so you guys, you think you're ready to meet these contenders behind me? Audio guy, cue the music, please. Louder.
Yeah. Lauren is two-time defending champion, so a lot's at stake. The beer guys want to knock her block off, frankly, right now. That's what's happening. And we, so we have done this. Is this a question? Oh, vegetarian? Uh, we have a missed bill. We'll get it all rectified. Okay, so while the food course is being served, because it is a hot item, <laughs> we're going to ask them a few questions, and then we will have the food and the first beer, and we'll get started right away. The way it's going to work is they're each getting five minutes to taste their beer with the food pairing. The food's presented to you. Make it last for all four beers, by the way. Um, that's important. Okay? Veggies, raise your hand. Just make a V. Yeah. Veggie, yeah. <laughs> Craft drinkers, go to a V. Uh, contenders, quick couple questions. Why do you love craft beer? Go talk to me. For me, as a chef, craft beer is uh, reminiscent of what you can do in a kitchen. You have so many brewers out there right now doing so many different things, taking things in so many different directions, pushing the envelope, uh, testing not only themselves but their equipment and the staff around them. And when you combine someone who has the passion for that and the passion for food and you put those together, uh, you end up having a really good time. Uh, and you learn things that work, things that don't work, and build relationships on it and get to do events that culminate in things like this and really, in the end, meet some really great people who care a lot about what they do. And that goes all the way through to what you guys get to see in front of you between the food and drink here. And Chef Adam um, had a little bit of tonight to, to do with tonight's menu out in Savor. All 42 menu items were orchestrated by him as well as uh, Teddy Folkman from Granville Moore. So, Chef Adam, thank you for saving Okay, Mr. Matt, why do you love craft beer? Ringer. <laughs> um, I mean, there are 13 million reasons why... You you might like craft beer, but for me, it's um, more of a personal experience because I grew up, uh, you know, loving the shit out of my dad and not not being able to talk to him about much other than cars and you know the Cubs and whatever. And he would drink old style Grand Slam thirty case, and uh, and after a while, I said, you know, that's good beer. But but I said, Dad, you got to start drinking some good beer. And so for us. Visiting breweries like Bill's Brewery, you know, or anywhere else, Alaskan, wherever, has become a real uh, bonding thing for us. Even even bringing subpar homebrew beer is a meaningful experience because um, it gives us something to talk about that eventually leads to someplace else. And I think that's what a lot of folks have found with craft beer. It's a starting point, it's a jumping off point for something deeper. Can you guys hear Matt in the back? Was it? Could you hear? Okay, great. Go ahead, Phil. For me, it's you know obviously the flavor of craft beer brings me back over and over and over again. But I think that my real attraction is something more um, more based on on the society, the culture of it. Because I think that what ha- what we've accomplished in twenty years of brewing and consuming craft beer is nothing short of a phenomenon, and it shows the the power of positive effort and positive thinking, positive drinking. Um, We created a culture that didn't exist 20 years ago, and uh, that's a powerful thing, and I appreciate the fact that everyone's here tonight to just take it further and further. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, so why does anybody here love craft beer? Because it's freaking good. I mean, it's so much better than the larger mass-produced stuff that you can get out there. It's made by amazing people with a great history, like uh, Bill was saying. And, I mean, don't let the wine enthusiast thing fool you guys, all right? I'm a hardcore beer fan. I love beer. I'm an equal opportunity drinker. If it's good, that's all that counts, right? And beer tastings are even better because I get to swallow. I don't have to spit. So, <laughs> All right. That was a pretty good answer. Okay, guys, give us your maybe two or three quick hit obvious beer 101 food pairing principles that you feel like are just every time you pair, you want to make sure of boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. Um, probably first and foremost for me on it, on it for a pairing is that there is really no wrong answer. You need to be able to form your own opinion about it and search your own palate and your own mind. If you read it on paper or you read it in a book and you're searching for that, chances are you're going to miss what you're actually experiencing. Settle. Settle. It's fine. So, you know. Um. And for me, that's the most important thing, is that everyone has their own palate, whether it's to food, whether it's to beer, and to respect that palate, and then see if you can see what other people are saying. And if you don't, form your own opinion and be okay with that. There's not a wrong answer in it. Uh, we did a show. Uh, four back and two in. Clean up on aisle four. <laughs> Uh, we did a show once with Gary Vaynerchuk, who came on, and uh, we, yeah, like the Gary V. Well, I think what makes um, Gary such a magnetic personality is that he really breaks it down. Why do you share who he is? Gary Vaynerchuk is a he crushes it. He's he's a um, he's now moved on to social media marketing, but he also owns a um, extremely. Yeah, wine library and just winelibrary.tv. But I think what makes him successful is that he breaks it down to the basics. Basics, and he and he's got a New York Jets spit bu- spit bucket and little wrestler dolls and everything. And during the show, we licked rocks and we ate tobacco, and we did just about everything to familiarize ourselves with the flavor elements that you'd then go and look at in the beers themselves. And so for me, it's all about breaking it down to the specific because sometimes it's difficult when someone says. Oh, I'm tasting like um, French mushrooms from 1972 crossed with a horse saddle, um, English-style saddle. I want to make it real, and, and I want to find commonality between uh, the flavors that I taste. And the other thing that I look for is something that's unexpected. Um, I think the best, um, the best food surprises you, even if it's a classic, um, iconic thing like pizza or hamburger or whatever, there's always something that you don't expect. And then I believe that's the case, too, with really great beers, is that there's, even if it's the best expression of an amazing, iconic category of beer, it can still surprise you. So th- those are the two principles. Very, very well done. Uh, so Adam talked about education and Matt talked about the surprises that naturally occur. So, I mean, both of those dovetail into the whole beginning premise of food-beer pairings, and that is you have to decide whether you're going to uh, complement 
the food to the beer or whether you're going to contrast. Um, but I think once you make that decision, the other important thing get, falls back on education. Even though we're doing this blind this evening, uh, which is the way it should be done, I think when, you're, when you have guests and you're really trying to make an impression, a positive impression with them, with your food and your beer pairing, you do really need to educate. You need to give them some basics about what you have going in their mouth because without that sort of setup, some background, some relationship to the stuff that's coming, they're really not going to have the proper appreciation. So, again, we're doing this blind, but I think that uh, a little bit of setup is usually very important to have a successful pairing. So you guys covered, like, almost everything, but uh, I have to agree that pairing is absolutely a personal preference. What I could think is the absolute best pairing, and we'll see that tonight with, you know, everybody's votes. What I think is the best pairing might not be the best pairing for three-quarters of the room. It's totally what you like, what you think goes best, what you draw out from the beer and the food on your own palate, because everyone's palates are different. Um, But I think if you're doing it at home, definitely the way to do it with some friends is to have a lot of options, because it's also not about picking your favorite beer or sticking within style guides that you know you like because sometimes say you're not a big uh, IPA fan, you're not a big hophead, but that can pair like heavenly with a really spicy, nice crab cake. And even though you're not a fan of the style, if you eat it with the right food and it matches all those flavors, it transforms you into something completely different and it could be the best beer that you've ever had with that food because of how it goes together. So you just got to keep an open mind and you just got to go with what you like. No one can tell you you're right or you're wrong. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, that's great. Well, I think we're poised to, um, to taste our first pairing. Maybe one last question before for the, uh, for the crew. So um, why do you guys think Lauren uh, might win this again or shouldn't win this again? <laughs> She's got sass. Good no, I, I really, we're going with the positive one first. Yep. I really think people look for personalities, whether it's their brewers or their writers. And, you know, everybody can be their own best judge of the beer that's in their glass. But when you bring something entertaining to the table, as my fellow uh, competitors have done, I think it, it, uh, it goes a long way. I have no idea how much Lauren's paid you guys, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think she's going to win. <laughs> It's on. All right, it's, it's almost a loaded question. So here's the deal, too. They're trying to gain your vote, but my request is, is go with what tastes best, you know? You might uh, start to identify with one of them or like one of them more than the other, but go with what works best. And my little thing, being in the Cicerone program on the certified level and, and master level student of Cicerone, is that that complement, contrast, and cut is all what's in... In, in going on and in interplay in every pairing and you're looking for a little bit of both of those to be happening so the whole is better than the sum of the parts and I think that's what I would ask you guys to do on the job on behalf of the job that we've requested of you is make sure that what you're going to circle at the end for your favorite pairing in the room tonight really came together as just an entire new element that completely worked and that one didn't barrel over the other for strength They matched each other equally, and there was a little bit of complement of flavors and linking and hooking in and harmonization of those flavors, number one, and maybe a little contrast going on where the flavors play off of each other as well. Right on. Okay, so we're going to give them each five minutes. Chef Adam is first. 
And uh, that would be the first beer that you were served right now of the two. It's the darker one. And uh, let's hear what Chef Adam has to say. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm Phil Dom here in this. I was actually going I'll be your Oprah. You and they that? can you walk yeah. around, stand up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you guys should also all know that we don't know what our yes. competitors picked. So yes, I have we no don't idea know. what these guys picked. They have no idea what mm-hmm. I picked. This is blind for us, too, except for, obviously, our own selection. Okay, so um, first beer for here we go. Um, uh, five minutes or less. I can probably do this in under five minutes. What you're tasting here, I'm not telling you the brewery or the name of the beer. Hopefully they don't either. <coughs> Lauren. <laughs> yeah, zip it. <coughs> heard, heard that story. Gosh. All right, so wow. this is an American... You don't need to resort to these antics, all right? Just let the beer speak for itself. Exactly. <laughs> so we have an American strong ale here. We're under 8% in alcohol. Um, we've got some malt going on here to work with the date, but... Interestingly enough, there's also some hops working in here to counteract all the fat that's going on. This is um, a spectacular choice by Julia and her team for a pairing on it because you might approach this looking at the tang of the goat cheese. You might approach this looking at the fat of the bacon. You might approach this looking at the richness of the date. They're all right. But which way do you go? What do you think is going to work for you? So went with an American strong ale, tried to stay a little lower in alcohol, uh, didn't need the high alcohol to clear the fat from the palate because the dish in and of itself will do that and wanted to go for something that won't rip it and just kind of stay gentle on there. Can I get a wet mop on aisle one? Wet mop on aisle one. Uh, my recommendation for the date is all in one bite. Feel free to do it in several bites if you want to taste repeatedly, though. All right, so cheers. Good advice. Cheers. like to encourage you to go a little further and deeper into what you, especially as the chef at the table, are getting what's happening when you have the pairing. Get into it. That would be awesome. That would be pretty epic. Alright, so at first you get hit with bacon, you get hit with a little bit of smokiness, some initial fat. You get a little sweet from the date, but not as much as you might have originally thought. With the beer, at first... You can smell the alcohol. You kind of taste it on the sides of your palate and on your cheek there. It starts to pull there, but the main thing that's still staying on your tongue is the bacon, the date, and the goat cheese. For me, this is what creates a harmony. You can have everything in, the, in your mouth working at the same time. It's not, oh, I ate this, and now, oh, the beer did this, or, oh, I ate this, and I can't taste the beer. You get lots of things pulling at all times in different parts of your mouth, and they work to create a unique flavor that's not unique to the beer when you have it on its own, or the dish to have it on its own. That, for me, is what works for this in a one-off, um, meaning that we're not doing multiple courses here. It's not a dinner. We're not switching uh, to entirely different methods of what we're doing. We're all trying to do the same thing in pairing with a dish. So it should be subtle. It should leave you refreshed, not wanting to go for another sip of beer after a bite and a sip, not looking for water, not looking for a napkin to spit it out. I guess while I have a few minutes on there, are there any questions? Uh, personally, I don't have one, but you can go to monkscattle.com. That's about all I got. It's a pretty good website, though. Any comments from the audience real quick? Maybe not skew each other's comments or, or scoring. And uh, we'll also have another chance after they do rebuttal to uh, talk about the pairings, too. Wait. Okay, Matt is up. 
It's a good slot to be in the second before you guys are fatigued on the uh, bacon wrap dates. And uh, I assume you've been drinking all day long or all night long, as I have. All yeah, all day. A reasonable assumption. Um, but before I kick off, a quick note of thanks to Julia and everyone at Saver for putting this event on. I mean, this is hands down one of the most elegant and beautiful events that I've ever been to that involves beer. Um, hands down. So when I set about to find a beer uh, for this pairing, it occurred to me that medjool dates were cultivated exclusively for royalty for thousands of years. You could not get medjool dates otherwise. It's the oldest known cultivated fruit. And I wanted to think of you guys as royalty. Because you've tasted, seriously, you've tasted a ton of beer out there. Much of it amazing. Occasionally it's not so great. But anyway, I wanted to give you something that you could go home and tell you, tell you look, I tasted something special today. So the brewer that I will not name, who I partnered with for this event, which is not too far away from where I grew up in the Midwest, to give you a little hinty hint, um, we talked about this. I said, do you have something in the archives? Do you have a little special something? Because Kovaleski's on this fucking panel. And I don't know what he's going to bring out. And like, she, you know, Lauren's won it two years in a row. And Adam actually made the dish. I, I am David versus a trio of Goliaths here. So what we ended up going with was an American sour. And I encourage you to, to grasp the chalice in your hand, take a look at the color, nice and golden. This comes from the wheat that was used in the primary batch that went into this beer. In addition to, to the bread, there's also a, a house strain of yeast that was added. And this was not an easy beer to make. And that's why when I taste beers like this, when I, when I come to an event where someone busts something out of the basement, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel as though I've come to the right freaking place. And I, and I think we all have. So two different, uh, two different batches went into this, essentially. Uh, in one stainless steel tank, you had uh, the wheat along with the bread. And in a separate, there was a sour mash that was used for spontaneous fermentation. And then at the point that the microbiologist... Mind you, there's someone that uses a microscope to actually check this stuff out in a glass, which blows my mind. Beer has come a long way. Um, at the point they deemed that it was ready to blend, it was blended in a process called titration, which is to say, let's put 5%, 6%, 7% of the sour mash in, which gives you the sort of lactic acid cleansing taste to it with the, the bread strain. The reason I think this is the best beer to pair with devils on horseback, which I don't even know what that means. Why does a devil need to ride a freaking horse? You're the devil. You can fly. Anyway, it's because, A, it's interesting. It is an intense but also crisp and fresh beer. It's vibrant, and it starts with notes of spice continues with a multi character and ends with almost a cleansing 
acidic push on your tongue. And to me, that is the perfect complement and contrast to something like Devils on Horseback, which is a challenging thing to pair with because it's got sugar, it's got salt, and it's got fat. I don't know about umami. Does it have umami? Yeah. I don't even know. Everybody talks about umami. I think it's MSG or mushrooms. I don't think there's any of that in here. It won't do well with that, but I do believe that it is a delicious pairing um, up against, thanks to Adam, the, uh, the devils on horseback. So I hope that you enjoy, and thanks, everybody. Very nice. Well presented. And quick, quick point of clarification. If you were judging, say, at the Great American Beer Festival as a specific judge, you would be told the style of beer, but you would not know the brewery, so they have been asked to, to not reveal the brewery um, and not reveal the brand, but you would certainly know what style and what was in your flight there. And umami, there's five flavors. Sweet, salty, sour, bitter, and now umami. And it is that rich, rich sense of savoriness, and I definitely think Devil's on horseback, whether it's riding or flying, um, definitely has it. So, okay, Mr. Bill. That was not a joke, actually. I still shouldn't. Have Thank you, Mr. Bill. <laughs> all right, um, I think we're doing pretty well so far. So uh, it's my turn to screw all of this up for you. Um, this is uh, as exciting a dish as this sounds on paper, and it's got a totally cool name. It's actually a pretty simple dish, uh, dish when it comes right down to it. It's, it's really sort of dominated by sweetness. The date is the, the component that really delivers the most flavor here. So in my investigations, I felt that this needed a partner that had definitely comparable and complementary flavors because we didn't want to try and overwhelm the great work that's in this dish. Yet at the same time, it needed some tension. It needed some dynamic friction as well. Um, so my path to figuring out what we should be drinking with this was kind of a circuitous one. I, uh, I had the chef at our restaurant create this dish, and I selected five victory beers that I thought might get me in the range. Two of the five were spectacular. They were on opposite ends of the spectrum of beer, so to speak. Uh, one was a Britannomyces finished beer uh, that was golden in color, and the other one was a Baltic porter. So that uh, then put me at the point of trying to figure out what on the list, because I wasn't going to use my own beers. There's just such a wide world of beers out there. What on the list of uh, participating brewers we might be able to get to work with this? So... I chose a brewery that was local, um, very sort of robust, but at the same time mild beer that I thought would be perfectly complimentary and have some fruit flavors. And I was happy with that, and I went home, and then that night I opened up a bottle <laughs> from a friend's brewery that was absolutely outstanding for what this was going to be. So I had to change horses. The devil had to jump on another horse. Um, that friend uh, had no more of that out in the marketplace. But because the Brewers Network is so strong and so great and we help each other out, that person reached into their stash and got some of this. So you know more about the beer than you probably should, but I'm not telling you what it is. So uh, no guesses. No guesses allowed. So, again, I wanted to have a pairing that, again, was complimentary with the dish, but it wanted to have some dynamic tension. And um, there is a Britannomyces fermentation going on here. Uh, it is a brown ale, 
and it's also been aged in barrels for a brief period of time. Um, and I think surprisingly, that's uh, 10% alcohol by volume, so it's the strongest one we've Woo! hit so far. Hey. How you doing? All right. Wanted to make sure you were all awake, so that's why we did this one. So get these two uh, going. Get the uh, get the devil on on horseback, running through your mouth, and get this beer going on your palate as well. And I think pretty soon you'll see uh, which the winning combination is when I hand this over to Lauren. <laughs> Questions? All right. That's the way it should be done, right? All right. Don't let the sympathy card that these fools are trying to play get you guys, all right? Because I'm like, oh, ours isn't good enough. She's so great. Oh, but for me, I'm so weak. Um, let's not buy into it. So my beer Wait, hold is... On, hold on. I yeah. got your beer here. So oh. You guys want to get in on this? Oh, really? Oh, you, you want some of that? Chef, I expect way better pairing from you, though. Come on. That's pretty bad. That's a splendid vintage. Is that Coca-Cola 08? Oh, is... Yeah. So I love what you guys have done already, I have to say. There's absolutely phenomenal beers in front of me on 1, 2, and 3, and I'm sure nobody in this room is going to disagree. Talking about getting exclusive out-of-stock items, fresh from the basement, uh, working within the network. That's really, really cool, and they're awesome beers. Um, but that doesn't really always help us in this kind of situation, all right? So, <laughs> uh, my, and, and it's great also that we had so much information on them, um, but it's important to note, like I was saying before, that it's not always about what your favorite beer is and how it pairs with the food. Sometimes your favorite beer with what you're eating will not go, all right? So in doing this, this is not my absolute favorite beer of all time, but this is what went best with this food and showcases the best with this item. So I picked a Belgian, obviously it's from a craft brewery, but it's a Belgian style quadruple ale, so it's very strong, all right? They saved the uh, strongest for last. We're looking at 10.5% here, but you're not going to know it because that weight is going to be remarkably balanced by the richness and the intensity of this food, all right? You guys already had like three dates, and I'm sure your mouth is kind of like, mm, because they're so heavy, they're so sweet, they're so concentrated. You really need something with great intensity of flavors to match that and to complement it, but you also need something to lift it up. And with this beer, you have a great effervescence. You have a beautiful malty mouthfeel that really complements all the rich, dark fruit flavors, the caramel. It all just works magically together while at the same time coming to create new flavors after you go back and forth between the beer and the date. It's kind of like, I know I've said this before, but it's like in Ratatouille. I know it might be a little gay that I'm mentioning Pixar, but there's the mouse and he eats the cheese and he sees a couple of fireworks. And then he has another food item like a grape and he sees a couple more fireworks. And then he eats them together and it's an explosion, a cacophony of great fireworks blowing off everywhere. And then that's what I get with this beer. You get a whole nother level. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's about. You got to find what goes best with, with the items. So 
Uh, again, you got a lot of complementing flavors. You got a lot of contrast. And to me, the alcohol, even though it's the strongest, I don't think it tastes the strongest out of all these beers with the food item. It really, the richness of the date and the cheese and the fat of the bacon cuts right through that weight. So something that's usually a little bit difficult for people to pair are stronger beers because they're just so intense. Here's something that just works beautifully, in my opinion. Any questions? <laughs> See how we do. I'm looking around. I see a lot of mine is totally gone, and everybody else's is still Every, in the glass. Everybody's tasted each beer. Because your beer is awesome, but together... They're out of They're control. Delicious. They're not even listening. Okay, one minute each for rebuttal. Then what you're going to do, if you haven't already done it, while they're rebuttaling, you want to start thinking about voting. So in your um, a mass of paperwork that we've given you this evening, we want you to find the sheet that has tally the votes, one, two, three, four. You're going to just simply circle your favorite. Um, maybe what they're going to say will sway you. Maybe you already know your vote. But at the end of um, the rebuttals, we're going to quickly gather those, count them, you're going to get a chance for audience questions while we're counting them, and then we will announce the winner and get you back into the hall. My okay? uh, text to vote is 188-SAVER-1. <laughs> 188-SAVER-1. <clears throat> All right, so, Chef Adam, rebuttal, please. Why is your pairing still, even though you had not known the pairings before, their beer choices were not known to you, why do you feel now that you still stand as the best? Um. Wow. Hon honestly, at this point, it's it's up to you because in one way or another, all four of these beers work, and it's what each of you are looking for in that reaction. Uh, for me, with mine, I I personally felt that that actually stayed on your palate the longest. For you to experience all of the flavors that not only came from the beer, getting the malt and the hop and the alcohol, but also to experience the cheese, the date, the bacon, and the smokiness in there and get the whole circle of everything. Um, but again, congrats to everyone on this because every single one of these, it does work. I honestly wish I could do this like three times a week for the rest of my life. This, is, this, is, this is the best opportunity. Um, I think everybody, if they're really into beer at some point or another, has that epiphany or inflection point where they're confronted with sours and they either like it or they don't or eventually they like it um, for me that happened in, in Belgium when I was visiting Canzillon and, and, and Dry Fontanen and Motolambic and it, it just it took root in my mind um, like nothing else and since then I've really seen a renaissance of that uh, not even a renaissance but just a an absolute explosion of that interest in the United States. And I, and I believe that the beer that I chose is an ideal pairing for this food. It might not be something that you'd expect, but um, this is a taste that I think is absolutely on the, uh, the ascendant. And um, it, it provides a completely different, unexpected uh, flavor profile to counteract something that I think a lot of us have had many times, uh, Devils on Horseback. I'm uh, really thrilled to be up here working with uh, these three great minds and getting all these, these pairings going on. Um, 
I am going to stick to my guns and say that uh, that my pairing is the best, and I'll break it down for you. Um, there is obviously the roasted sweet quality of the malt is coming through on this brown ale quite well, and that dovetails exactly into the sweetness of, of the date and supports that. So you so you enter you know very evenly into it. And then the Britannomyces sharpness touches upon the little bit of sharpness that the goat cheese provides. And, of course, the sharpness of this cuts through the fat of the bacon. So I think, you know, there's some really great pairings here. But in terms of the evolution of flavors, um, I'm very pleased with the work I've done here. And uh, if you don't like it, I'm just going to go cry. <laughs> or, con- yeah. or continue to own an awesome brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you'll survive. <laughs> and yeah, all of these pairings are amazing. And um, honestly, when I was doing this tasting, I definitely, at home, before I selected what I ended up going with, I definitely thought I was going to end up going with a sour until I made the dates and I tasted what I thought I wanted with the dates. And it ended up just being too much. It overwhelmed the flavor to me. The sourness and the acidity was actually too bracing for me. And I love sours. Like, love them. You love sours. <laughs> yeah, love them. Um, the first one, to me, just had a little bit too much hoppy characteristic, which did not complement any of the flavors going on in the date. And there's a lot of flavors going on here. I mean, you got the smoke, you got the sweet, you got the red fruit, you got a tiny bit of the goat cheese, but I wanted a little bit more. So with mine, I feel like you get a different experience every time. I mean, you take a bite, you take a sip, you get the caramel on one, you get the sweet fruit on another, you get a little bit of the the, um, smokiness from the bacon. It all just integrates and creates a new experience every time. And that's what I love because it's always fun and it's always different. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Tally votes. Pass them to the end, please. Get it done quickly for you. Do we get to drink more? <laughs> in the middle. Bring it to the middle. No, you hand them down. Nobody leave. You need to know the results of this. Okay, so you guys know this salon is being recorded too. So right now, for those listening to the podcast, uh, we're telling the votes. Everybody's passing their votes to the center of the room. Follow the instructions, people. And uh, now we're going to do a quick question or two. I've got uh, Ryan Conklin from Euclid Hall. Amazing place in Denver. Got a question, Ryan? Can I have a mic? All right, so we're going to do a few questions while those votes are being tallied. Did anyone not pass to the center of the room? Pretty easy instructions, right? Center of the room. Go ahead, Ryan. Were, were all these beers available in the hall tonight? Um, well, now that everybody's voting... And that being said, were all these beers American beers? Okay, let me set some ground rules for the questions. We can't... I still don't want to say which beer it is. But um, all, not all these beers are available in the hall tonight, is the, is the simple answer. We're all here about American America. craft brewed beer. Would we be serving you this? Cicerone. Next. No, no influence, all U.S. craft brewed 
beer. We still love you. Next question. Come on, you got great minds up there. Comments on the pairings? Let's discuss them a little. Why was she picking on Adam? What did he do to her? Why um, did Lauren pick on Adam? Mostly because I don't have Twitter. Yeah, let me explain the background. If you want to follow, you could do a 30-day history of, um, of Pound Saver, and you're going to see some major smack talk coming into this room. Yeah, and Adam, Chef Adam was like out of the loop because he doesn't check their account very much, so he couldn't really defend himself. Next question. I know you might be biased, but um, do you feel beer pairs better with food than wine, yes. and if so, why? Great question. How about in order, Adam and then to Matt? <clears throat> okay, so that's a loaded question. Um, actually, one I've been a part of some massively recent discussions. Um, beer can pair better with food than wine, but wine can also pair better with food than beer. It entirely depends on the experience you're looking for, on your palate, on the dish that's being presented, on the atmosphere that is being served in, and what the intention of of the event is. Um, For me personally, there's a place for both of them. Um, As a restaurant operator and owner, I think one of the most important things is to make the guest happy. And for me, that may be beer, but if it's not, then I want to do what's going to make them have the best experience possible in the restaurant. So... The short answer to the long one, for me personally, yes, I prefer beer. But I think there's place for both of them at the table. You know, I, I think I can separate this into two different camps. The first being, um, in practice, do you want to drink six beers at a six-course dinner? Maybe not. You're going to be the freaking Michelin man by the time you're done with that. You know? like, oh, we've all done it. I, I did it this afternoon. I, I did it tonight. Like. <laughs> suck it up but um to get back to the root of the question which is essentially which pair is better i believe that because there are so many different distinct types of beer whether you're talking about goose which rocks my world or you're talking about a double ipa or uh, a roush beer or um, a pilsner i think there's a little bit more Experimentation, a little bit more room in the, the flavor profiles and the palate. And one more thing to add to that, I, I think the effervescence of beer is an incredible ally when it comes to pairing because, you know, cheese, which when I drink a beer and cheese, the only, the only thing I like better than beer and cheese is beer and a really great cigar. Um, but there's something about the ability of beer to cleanse the palate, but not just cleanse it, to to tinge that palate with a little bit of zing, I think that enhances the food that comes before it and after it. So Laura and I were just laughing that uh, we, we both made a mental note, uh, you know, not to ever kiss Matt after a night of being out on the town because he's eating cheese, he's drinking beer and wine, and he's smoking a cigar. That's, uh, this guy lives large. Don't forget he licks rocks too. And he licks rocks and yeah, he eats cigars. He eats cigars, yeah. 
Um, this is, is getting tough to bring new material to that question, actually. So I don't know what you're going to be able to bring to it. But, you know, Adam's absolutely right. It is subjective, and the situation itself is going to sort of uh, perhaps lead you to a better partner, whether it's wine or beer with the, the dish. But um, I would go to the more objective aspects, and that is, again, carbonation is a tremendous uh, asset to beer because it does help cleanse the tongue and refresh the tongue for uh, for new flavors to be sensed. And the other thing that always gets me um, is the acidity of wine. Uh, after a certain point, you know, the wine is just too much, whereas uh, the beer with its effervescence and um, not as low of a pH is actually, for me, an easier thing to enjoy and pair. So that's what I fall back on in terms of casting my vote for beer. And at the end of the day, you always want a nice sour lambic red yeah. Oh, yeah. cigar and cheese. The end of a long, awesome beer event <laughs> with your devils on horseback. So everything that they said, obviously, I agree with. And I have to say that it depends on what kind of mood you're in and what food you're pairing with. There are items that are notoriously difficult to pair wine with, like asparagus. You know, you, you like never come up with a great wine pairing for that. And conversely, there are items that, you know, you can't really find a great beer to go with. I think the great thing about beer and the reason why it's more fun for me to pair is that there's so many additional elements that could be integrated into beers with, obviously, you have oak aging in wine as well, but you have, um, say, for instance, my pairing had some raisins added to it, okay, for an additional layer of flavor. So you have other things aside from just grape and aside from just oak that adds to whatever you're pairing with, which... You know, it gives you a little bit more flexibility and playfulness when you're making your pairings, which is just more fun for everybody. Before we turn it over, Julia, just, just one quick question. I wanted to ask the other panelists here, what was the most interesting beer you tasted at Saver 2011? And I'm not throwing down the gauntlet. I'm just curious. Most interesting beer, hands down, to me, has to be the Saver Flowers. I mean, the amount of work that the guys put into that beer... The, the crazy, crazy shit that Jim and Sam came up with. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, it's unreal. They, they, they really pulled out all the guns on that and thought of everything they possibly could to make something truly unique and special for this experience. Well, with that one off the list, uh, <laughs> excellent choice, of course. You know, um, we were talking about food pairings, and I... Um, I had Firestone Walker's uh, double IPA, and then I moved right over and had the hopscotch cheese, and that was the Ratatouille fireworks. So, um, you know, there's a beer that was great on its own, but it benefited from a really strong, well-paired food partner. So that's my most memorable one so far. But night is young. Oh, no, the night is not young. Um, I think for me... This is going to go a little bit more broad instead of going to a specific one. For me, it was to come to an event like this and see so many brewers pull out the library, pull out the one-offs, pull out the risks, pull out all the stops, and throw it down and say, this is what we do. So that was that was my best beer for that. <clears throat> right on. Okay, you guys ready to hear the results? Uh, in the back, can you guys bring me the bottles of what was served? While they're getting those? Go number two. I'm going to at least tell you for the build-up of 
the amazing answer. Drum roll, please. Is that two of them were within one vote of the winner? So crazy, amazing. I'm going to put them in the order that they were served. Chef Adams. And, and you know what? I think every one of the brewers is in the room. My brewers, stand up. Brewers of these amazing stand up. Congratulations to this guy right here that makes this ridiculous beer. I'm not going there. Making the Midwest proud. Two brothers. Um, so Eskew is a sour ale that's made uh, at Two Brothers, which is about 45 minutes away from where I grew up. I still go back all the time to the Midwest. If I could find a magazine job there, I, I probably would, would be there. Um, but I really think there's a, a renaissance going on in the Midwest in terms of brewing. And uh, the guys at Two Brothers are just killing it right now. We went to Great American Beer Festival last year. They had all these amazing sours, just an amazing collection of beers. So... I mentioned before we talked about trying to find something from the sellers because we thought Bill was going to drag out some ridiculous stuff, which he did, and so did all of my fellow panelists. I hope we're going to go drinking after this. Is that, is that happening? Um, but, uh, but Jim and Jason emailed, and they said, oh, maybe we got a little something we can bring out. And this askew sold out in, what, two hours at their brewery? They only made uh, 200 cases or something like that, but I, I know that they're ramping up production. They buy, they, they've... Uh, they purchased some some uh, some fooders. They're they're um, definitely devoting themselves to this. Which, if you've read the news lately, every craft brewer um, is really trying to get into the sour game. Great so. brewery. Thank you. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. Chef so Adam, your choice. Uh, yeah. Well, congratulations. But I guess all, all I can really say is, you know, WTF. <laughs> Yeah, I can. <laughs> so, uh, went with uh, Lagunitas Wilco Tango Foxtrot. Um, reason being on it uh, was, was really for the, the well-roundedness of it. And uh, we had to call Lagunitas right before because this was kind of uh, coming to the end of its run and there wasn't a whole lot hanging around and we wanted to make sure we secured it to get it out here um, because, for me, it created the best experience in the mouth for it. So, again, thanks to Lagunitas for that and putting out such a great product. Right on. Bill? 
Uh, I definitely agree with uh, with Adam on the mouthfield. I think he definitely had that uh, and, and so many things right on the combination. But I want to use this opportunity to uh, do a commercial for Odell's Brewery because they are such awesome folks pulling this beer out. And number one, for making this beer. I mean, come on. A, a brown ale uh, that spends some time, three months in a barrel, from the woodcut barrels. I think it was woodcut number two and three that they went into. And... Um, you know, with, with Brett, I I love it. Maybe I let my passion for this beer uh, cloud my vision, but uh, you're all better for it, so remember that. There is no vision without passion. Yes. So what better to go with Devils on Horseback than Judgment Day Ale from Lost Abbey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I said, Belgian style quad, we have six different kinds of malts, two kinds of hops, uh, but... I thought it was just the uh, best balance to go with all the components. But hope you guys enjoyed it, and it was a lot of fun. Amazing. I can't sit. Where is the first only win competition? Cue the music. Let's go party. Done it seven times. We're only going first, my little uh, rocky judges. You guys go This podcast was produced by the Brewers Association and presented by Craft Beer Radio. To find more information on Savor or further podcasts, visit craftbeerradio.com slash savor or craftbeer.com. This content is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information.